You're gonna get someone messaging you afterwards saying, Why did you mention me? Hey, fuck them. She say you I cry because you are here today. Edo, welcome to another edition of the No Chof Desk podcast. I'm your host, Stelwin. Omonia, our club, is like a roulette wheel at the moment, isn't it? You know, we're looking for a manager and there are so many different names. You put it on that roulette wheel, you land the ball, you spin it, and we've got a new name. It's Neil Lennon linked to the job. I've got a special guest with me, Simana. He's a gentleman who works for Celtic Football Club and uh, he knows a thing or two about Neil Lennon. Kevin McCall, <laughs> welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on. Um, yeah, I would say I, I would know a little bit about uh, Neil Francis Lennon to give him his full name. Um, he's had two spells at Celtic. Um, somewhat successful would be, the, would be the best way to put it. Um, came in after the disastrous spell with uh, Tony Mowbray. A lot of money was shelled out on what was perceived an English Premier League manager at that time. You know, I think in the, the region of maybe £20 million, when you add together all the package for Tony Mowbray's team, Mark Venus, Peter Grant, and everything that went with it. And he then, before you know it, March came along, we were lost 4-0 to St Mirren, and it just the writing was on the wall for him. So then Neil Lennon was already reserve coach at that time, came back in, steadied the ship, got us to the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, but then a disastrous 2-0 um, defeat to Ross County, who would later haunt us in later matches. But he'd, he'd done enough to get to get the, the job on a full-time basis. Um, but I think there was always that, pers- uh, it was just that perception that it was the cheap option. But we went with it because, you know, he was a, he was a great, you know, leader for the club, you know, was captain for a few years and was a good player. Um, but had a few years, um, you know, was very unlucky and in some games, I would say. Um, but ultimately I think he was a very a very basic manager, you know, never never really had a plan B. Um, was always very almost like loving guys, there you go, and would leave most of the training to his assistance but you know um he he did bring us success in the form of league titles in Scottish Cup and did get us to the last 16 in the Champions League and led us and it has to be mentioned led us to a great victory over Barcelona one of the best teams we'll ever any of us will ever see you know Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, Puyol you know uh, maybe not Puyol, uh, Dani Alves you know legendary players and managed to to beat Barcelona 2-1 with 11% possession in the match. You know, it's quite incredible. But, you know, it's he he's a he's a figure that at the moment I think with what happened in the last year um and what just everything that came across and just the results just got worse and worse and worse and in the end they had to to leave. But, you know, we, we 
we, we march on. Absolutely, man. Uh, you guys aren't doing too badly at the moment with Ange at the helm. <laughs> Greek surname. He's, he's a leader. Yeah. He's a leader all right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, the thing is, with, with Omonia, we've been in the shadows of our rivals, Aboil. Um, you know, they, they won seven league titles on the bounce prior to Henning Berg coming in three seasons ago. Berg came in, very difficult circumstances, um, a new hierarchy that were kind of still in transition, uh, divided fan base. You know, he brought in some players. Uh, okay, I admit some of them probably weren't his signings, but he brought in some players. Um, we, we were very close to winning the title in our first season. In fact, we were awarded the title, not officially, but we mm-hmm. finished the season first. But because of COVID, the season was yeah. was cancelled and we were top. So that got us into the, the, the Champions League qualifiers. We didn't get past that stage, but for the first time in our history, we got to the group stages, which was the Europa League. This was mm-hmm. under Henningberg. And then last season, we won our first title in 11 years and things were great. And this season has been an utter disaster. Berg was sacked a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we've had so many different names mentioned as potential head coaches to replace Berg. And mm-hmm. Lellen, as you know, was announced yesterday as a possible candidate. Now, I don't know how this is going to work, if it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the squad the morale is low. We've got a lot of players out of contract in the summer. And it's not uncommon in Cyprus for six or seven players to leave in one summer and six or seven players to come in. Um, I don't know much about Lennon's style of football. How can you uh, describe it? Because under Berg, we played the, a, a very rigid 4 4 2, very mm-hmm. counter attacking style of football. But unfortunately, this season, defensively, we've been absolutely shambolic. Mm-hmm. And c- certainly, in his first season, he was very much like Henning Berg, a rigid 4 4 2. He really did rely on two strikers and v- very much goal poachers, I would say, in Gary, Gary Hooper and Anthony Stokes. And some great wins. Um, you know, we beat Aberdeen nine 0 You know, we beat Rangers three 0 in the first season, its first full season. But there was times where there was just the mentality of just not getting over the line came to the fore. And there was a very important game up at Inverness where, if we won that game, it, it was in our hands for the last two games against winnable games. And I know that's hard to say sometimes because every game you have to win, but we lost three two. And that was just where he just did lose, did lose it ever so slightly. And then we were behind Rangers, and then they won it. And you know that that was it. The second season it was a bit better, um, because obviously our rivals Rangers at the time were going through some very very big financial difficulties. But what he did do was he did manage to really pull the points gap from. I think it was I think it was fifteen at one point. I can't remember for the life of me, but 15, to actually go to the Rangers game on December the 28th to go a point ahead. And then from there, we just kicked on and won the league that year. And then that got us into the the group stages, uh, the Champions League qualifiers. And that was done with a rigid 4-4-2. It would very much be looking, never really many players with flair like at the moment you'll see with Celtic Angie has a lot of players who like to you know bomb down the wings and they have that bit of flair that bit of pace just to change things about whereas I would say Lennon is a very very rigid person he's very much more the motivation side of management not the tactical side of management that's the that's the easiest way I would say to describe him that that doesn't bode well <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry it just it, it doesn't bode well because th- there's this misconception about the Cypriot League about how 
um, you know, the, the quality isn't great and the tactically, uh, they're, they're tactically challenged. But the, the thing is, this season, there's been some huge changes in the league. And while, yeah, the, the standard isn't SPL or, or Championship mm-hmm. or, or Premier League, it's it's improving. And we're seeing managers from Germany, from Spain, from all over the world come to the league, which has been happening before in the past, but mm-hmm. they, they seem to be more tactically astute. And the problem that we, as Omonia, had this season, or have, should I say, is breaking down teams with low blocks that can hit us on the counter-attack that have got runners. And we've mm-hmm. been saying it throughout the season on this podcast, defensively, individual mistakes. There's no organisation, there's no leadership, there's no mm-hmm. runners, the energy is low. You can tell when we hit teams on the counter-attack, it's predictable. We, we don't get forward in numbers, mm-hmm. and when we do, we don't get bodies back in numbers. So when you're telling me 4-4-2, I'm hearing it, and I'm thinking, Jesus, it's mm-hmm. the same as this season. It's the same system yeah. effectively as yeah. what we've been doing. What I would say it was slightly different in his second season, his second spell, sorry, because obviously he took over from Brendan Rodgers. He left under a bit of a cloud and then he came in, he steadied the ship. He almost kind of took over Brendan Rodgers' formation, which is a 4 2 3 1, and he tried to keep that going. And certainly in his first full season in the second spell, you know, we, we were doing well. There was good, there was good. You know, results. We beat Lazio home and away, which was unprecedented because Celtic have a, a terrible European away record that really is so poor. But to go for that that win and get it and get the the win the win on the last minute was just an absolutely great sight. But then you go from such a high of beating Lazio to then you get into the knockout rounds. You have Copenhagen, and it's then we just can't get over the line. And we, we lose to Copenhagen over two legs. And they deserved it because what happened was we drew the first leg one each over in Denmark. We came back to Glasgow. They then, they were the better side. I mean, we got a penalty through VAR, which was a godsend. We thought, right, we'll get back into it. And they went straight up the park scored. And we were just left gaping holes at the back. And but further that, then we pressed on. You know, Rangers started to drop points again. And we were 12 points in front until COVID hit. And it took a wee bit of time, but Celtic were awarded the title, which then got the ninth title in a row. And as I'm sure you heard, there was a lot of talk about trying to get the, the magical, mythical number of 10 championships in a row. And everything was put on that. But without without crowds, Celtic just were not the same team. And I think it was the same for a lot of teams. Um, but we, we, we tried a lot. We, we had a really poor game against Ferenc Varos in the Champions League qualifiers. Struggled, it has to be said, to get to the, the Europa League group stages. Um, a couple of 1-0 victories over Riga and I think it was Rayek as well. And it was really, really poor games. And it, there was just something about last season just was not sitting right ever since the second game of the season where we drew 0-0 with Kilmarnock. As you say, with Omonia, it was predictable. You just, there, was no, there was no change, there was no plan B, there was no different way of trying to attack a team. It was very, very rigid. And then, obviously, one of our players it, it transpired, then came back, uh, went to Spain and didn't tell the club had COVID and it was just all under a bit of a cloud. And then, from then on, Rangers beat us 2-0 at home uh, in front of an empty parkhead, for, which was unthinkable for a Celtic Rangers game. And then, from there, it really just got disaster after disaster, it has to be said, with last year because we... we we had good games, but then we had really poor games. And the big, big thing that really let Celtic down last year was set pieces. 
we just never seem to le- learn from our mistakes. And <laughs> it's, it's like us this season. Know, we can't take some pieces. We can't defend any, Jesus Any Christ. high ball was coming in, you're just like, this is going to be a goal. You know, it honestly was. I mean, there's plenty of highlights on YouTube. If you want to, if I can justify it and look on it last season, there is, it is despicable, some of the defending. And the, the worst one for me, though, was Celtic had drawn Sparta Prague, Lille and AC Milan. Got a respectable 3-2 win against Lille at home, but lost 4-1 to Sparta Prague at home and away. Sparta Prague in the first game had, I think, nine of the first team players out with COVID, and they beat us 4-1. They absolutely kicked us. They, they, threw, they, they thrashed us off the park. And I would advise you to watch that game. It's on YouTube. You'll get it. It's BT Sports Highlights. Celtic won Sparta Prague 4. And I think it's either the third goal or the fourth goal. And I think it's Shane Duffy gets twisted and turned. This is a, an English Premier League defender. He gets twisted and turned inside out. And it's it was almost comical the way that they just bore through. But for whatever reason, everybody thought that was going to be the last straw. But it just kept going and going and going. And eventually... Another set piece against Ross County can send us to a 1-0 defeat. And then the writing was on the wall from. But yeah, you're good. It's, it, he's, he's a very old-style manager. He, the best way I can put it is when, when he left Hibs and the new Hibs manager came in, Paul Heckenbottom, a few of the Hibs players had commented on how well or how much the technology had moved so far in the first few weeks since learning to Heckenbottom because he's, I don't think he really believes so much in sports science. He just believes that motivation will get you through, which is, I think in these times, it only gets you so far. 20 years ago, that would have worked, but not now. You know, you, you need to move with the times. And even, I mean, even like semi-professional clubs are going down the sports science route because they want to get the best. And this is how how the world evolves, basically. But Lennon was kind of stuck in the way of his old his old um, manager, Martin O'Neill, whereas Martin O'Neill did have his rigid 3-5-2 because he had big players at the back who could defend. But you knew what the team was. And basically, that's what Lennon started to do. Basically, there was no change. It was always the same people. You just knew you could almost predict the team and no plan B, basically. This doesn't sound promising. <laughs> it really doesn't. I know, and I know. Obviously, I'll be coming from a side where be I'll be on the side of like how terrible last year was. We lost to ten in a row, which was the big, big thing for us because it was going to be the the one thing we could have over our rivals, and it would be, you know, something to laud over till you know till the end of time. But unfortunately, we didn't get that, and it was just how easy it was for our rivals to just run away with the league because. We were, we were so far behind, it was unreal. And losing games, way too easy. Um, but, you know, you've got to also look at, he did have success. And he did have, he did get us to the last six, that is the last manager to get us to the last six in the Champions League. And he did, he did advance through a group with Spartak, Moscow, Benfica and Barcelona. So it, there is some good points in him. But I think, you know, th- there is the, the, the occasion where that, Whilst you have the good, you also need to take the bad with Neil Lennon. And I feel that like there was there was quite a big thing with regards to we really struggled at semi-finals and finals. We did have a really poor record under Lennon. So if we ever got to a semi-final, there was always a bit of trepidation about whether we could do it, but we had some horrendous results. 
we lost 1-0 to Kilmarnock in the final and the, the ground was 85% Celtic fans because Kilmarnock didn't sell out the tickets. We had almost like a home tie. They got the part Oh, lost Kevin. Is everyone else still here or is it my internet connection? I need to know what's going on here. I'm not sure what's happened, but yeah, um, this doesn't look promising, Gobelia. It doesn't look promising. And um, I don't exactly know how else I can put it, in all fairness, because if uh, Lennon is... Um, if Lennon is this uh, manager that isn't relying on technical ability and is relying more on motivation, this this doesn't look good at all. For those of you watching, let me know what you think. Um, I think Kevin has just mentioned me. He's got a few technical issues. I'll just message him now very quickly. I'm just putting up these comments. Oh, there we go. There we go. Right. <laughs> yeah, Kevin and Roy's internet is the same. I, I don't think so. I think Kevin's is, is better. It lasted 20 minutes without any lag, to be fair. fair. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> we've got a rigid, we've got a rigid potential system, which is similar to this season. We've got a head coach that motivates rather than believing in sports science, which I think is a major concern for me. The uh semi-finals and the finals aren't great uh, i don't know i really really don't know kevin <laughs> sorry about that man I don't, I don't know i don't know what it is but um it, it happens on our podcast don't worry it's <laughs> happened to me it's happened to others and and one of my That's colleagues fake. roy his his internet is notoriously rubbish so there's a comment here he's not for ammonia and mm -hmm. do you know what um this club prides itself on, on expansive football. Granted, we haven't had the, the success that we'd like in the last 10, 11, 12 years. But um, it's very demanding, Kevin. And, mm -hmm. and you know what? Um, the one thing I will say about Lennon, because I know that he has come under quite a lot of criticism in the past. And I, mm -hmm. I distinctly remember having, I think he had bullets with his name sent to his house. Yeah. He? Yeah. The, now, the I don't boys... know if you know this. Yeah. Sorry, Karen. There, there, there was that period of really poor um, actions, and you know, uh, by certain individuals, and we really did have really scary moments because obviously there was a time where he was playing against, we were playing against Hearts. Celtic went two 0 up, and a fan came out of nowhere and attacked him, and it's still to this day. How did it? How did the player? How did the fan get onto the park? And I, I still can't believe it myself how how he was able to get on um sorry just trying to get out can't see my yeah, face right. there. um but it was really really scary moments because obviously the, the the hatred that Neil Lennon does receive is is unwarranted and it's unwarranted for yeah. any individual and yeah. um, whether you are on either side of the divide over here in Glasgow or you know over in Cyprus it's just not it's just not what you want but yeah there was bullets sent he had 24-hour police protection it all stems from i think there was a really there was the the notorious and i, and I, I put that in exclamation marks the game that shamed the nation and um, because obviously it was a, a replay a cup replay and celtic beat rangers 1-0 and obviously it's it's not what we wanted but it's 
it's a poor it's a poor way to to put things across um but i think he he didn't deserve that and he should have went a long time before he did go and eventually we will um we will see how he goes on but i just don't think Amoni is the right place for him uh, to be honest mate i, I don't want to shit on the guy but from what you've told us about his his style of play, his methodology, forget the results, the the, the whole ethos, it, it doesn't marry up with the club. And this isn't me being snobbish or anything, mm-hmm. but you know, as I said, Henning Berg achieved a lot in in the three mm-hmm. years he was at the club. I mean, as I said, two consecutive uh, European group stage. I mean, it, it's it's nothing for the bigger clubs, but for us, this is this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you, you're talking about the system, you're talking about his lack of interest in sports science. That's something that we're trying to move towards. In fact, you know, the, the club are allegedly going to spend five million euros on redoing the or, or renovating the, uh, the training ground to, to make mm-hmm. it more modern. Um, we're trying to step up. We're seeing other clubs in the league like Abolan, for example, in Limassol, who brought in a, a German head coach. And he's very, he's very progressive. He trusts youth. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's brought in some decent players and we're seeing their progress. We're seeing, excuse me, AK Larnaca, who brought in a new head coach. It's his first head coach position and they've done remarkably well. They're great on transition. Mm-hmm. They've got a plan B. Uh, and even our rivals, Abo, who last season, as you saw with Mick McCarthy, they were shambolic this season. Right, they've brought in a, a head coach that's well-known in Cyprus, but they're aggressive. They're, they're great on the counter-attack. They're very lethal in front of goal. And this season, Omonia as a club, we've been very soft, Kevin. You know, we've mm-hmm. conceded soft goals. We've conceded goals from set pieces. You know, we've been conceding goals on the counter-attack from our set pieces. And we've been looking at the season as well. And I've done a, a, um, an analysis video on, on the first half of the season in terms of goals that we conceded. I'll send you the link later if you've got time to, to have a look at it. You, you'll see it and you'll be like, Jesus, this is like Lennon at yeah. Celtic. You know, and I mentioned that the bullet incident because... The vice president of Ammonia had a bomb set off outside his house a few months ago. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even know who did it, whether it was fans of our club or whether it was other. We don't know. So I'm thinking, well, Lennon does know about Celtic and the demands, so he'll he'll fit in with Ammonia in, in that respect because our mm-hmm. rivalry with Upperwell is very similar to Celtic and Rangers. Obviously, not to that scale. Because, yeah, you know, but there's a lot of political. Uh, conflict when it comes to the, the, the rivalry with the clubs. And I'm not going to make any bones about it. Upwell, they seem to get a lot in the league in terms of refereeing decisions, in terms mm-hmm. of the political side of things, which I'm not going to get into because that, that could go on forever. But there are so many comments here. Sounds very similar to Berg, not the right move. I think he'll be Mick mm-hmm. McCarthy 2.0. Um, what was the reason he was sacked at his last club, which I believe is Hibbs? Uh, sounds like Lennon is not the right man for us. I would prefer John Lennon. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, I, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to shoot on the guy from a great height because he hasn't even got the job. This is just mm-hmm. conjecture at the moment. We yeah. don't know. But from the things that we've heard and what we've read, it doesn't seem to fit. That makes sense. I, I personally don't think a British manager is the right way to go. Um, and personally not with Neil Lennon. Uh, Ghost going on my, like the way the way football goes now, it was okay. In his first spell, you kind of got away with it, but I just think he will go down the same route as your Mick McCarthy 2.0, um, or you know, you know, George Burley, Stephen Presley. You know, it just doesn't work. 
Um, and I think you might need to go down a different route. But who knows? He might get the job and he might prove us all wrong. But I think that the main thing for I think you need you need his team round about him. But he doesn't have that. He didn't have that at Celtic. He almost kind of had to have the backroom staff given to him. So as if you back him with the right backroom staff, it might be different for for you. But but who knows? We we shall see. You know. Just, just a few quick questions, because I know you're, you're pressed for time, mate. Um, one of the main concerns for us this season, or well, there's been many concerns, but the main one for me is the lack of leadership. And I personally believe a lot of these players are soft. And by that, I mean, there's no see you next Tuesdays in this team. At Celtic, you had Scott Brown that loved to yeah. get stuck in. We don't have those players. They're too nice. And that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, you need once you cross that white line, you need to flick a switch. And a lot of these players don't seem to have it in them. Can Lennon bring in that kind of stability? Or what kind of players can he bring in as well to do that? He'll look to bring in players that 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 do like to fight. I would give you that, the CUNTs, yeah, definitely. Um, but what I would say is he would he will need to have um, the budget to do that. And you'll need the, the right players to obviously be the, the hard men in the team. The thing from last season was... Out with Scott Brown, there was nobody really willing to fight for the cause or fight for the jersey. Whereas now we're a bit different now. We've got people who are willing to stand up and say, come on, we're going to, you know. But whereas last season it really wasn't. But yeah, you will get people, if you could get someone in the mould of Scott Brown, very difficult, very hard very hard player to replace. But yeah, he, would have, he, he likes to have a bit of grit in his team, if he can, in the middle of the park to win the, win the midfield battle. And he likes to have a striker who knows where the goal is. So really, a poacher, a, you know, a six-yard striker, you know. Um, and I, I wouldn't really say your team's going to be blessed with pace. I really don't think. I know I don't think it is going to be if it was Lennon. Um, but you will have people who who like to have a shot from outside the box. Who like to just have that pop and go because he had it with Chris Commons. He did a really good season where he scored like thirty goals. And he's, Commons he's was lethal outside the box, mate. I remember yeah. set pieces, yeah. You know, so they're, you know, they're good. They had Ryan Christie last year, um, and they had Christie before that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he has those sort of players. He likes to bring in those players that, that ha- will have a pop outside the goal because sometimes when under a Lennon match, you'll have it will go so far, and then they have to go outside the box because the, the, the teams will just get used to what they're doing. So, it is a case, yeah, you will have grit in the team, but it's whether it will be enough grit. To, to push forward, you know. Brilliant. Well, Kevin, I know you've been on for 26 minutes. I really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you no so problem. much for coming on. Um, if there's anything you can say uh, about Lennon's um, policy on youth, because our, our youth squad is, is very, very good. We've seen one of our best players go to sport in Kansas City uh, mm-hmm. last month. So he's a, he's a product of our youth. Um, the, the final question I have is, mm-hmm. can Lennon help develop youngsters because this is something that we really really are hot on at the moment well that size says it all <laughs> let's wrap it up <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to say yes but learning with youth players wasn't great i must admit it wasn't the best um i think there was times where you'd be screaming out for just a youth academy player to get a shot um and it wasn't happening i mean he signed a very he signed a a, a youngster um, a Swedish youngster uh, called Holmbert Fred Johnson and he was only about 17, 18 at the time I can't really remember and you know, he was a striker and he had an okay record wherever he came from um, but in the three years that he signed him, he never played him once 
you know, when he was a youngster, you're thinking, well, why why aren't you playing him? You know, you, you need to give these players. He does have his favourites, so that really doesn't bode well for youth development, you know. So I'm very much of the persuasion that you need to use youth development. You know, teams like Celtic, teams like Omonia, they need to use their youth academies. They don't have seats buying them out for £500 million. They don't have these wonderful structures. They need to use what they have. And I just think there's a, a great moment. There's just a great feeling when you have an academy player coming through. That certainly wasn't the case with Neil Lennon, I'm afraid. Um, he didn't really bring through many academy players. Um, he gave them a chance when he had to. And the only real the only real time he, he really had to was when they came back from Dubai, the debacle of going to Dubai and, you know, there was COVID, it wasn't. We took a player who was injured. Why we took a player who was injured? He caught COVID. Everybody had to self-isolate. The manager, the first team coach, uh, the manager and assistant manager, the first team coach took it and we were playing 16-year-olds against Hibs, you know, on a Monday night and we drew one each, you know, because it was just a really poor game. And that was the only real time you got to see these players. And we've let some really good talents go. Um, Oko Flex. Um, and then obviously... Yeah, he went to the West Ham And he came from with really good pedigree. Um, and, and I think we're on the... I think we're really with what's happening now, we're on the verge of losing Karim Oko Dembele. And I think that's because of Lennon's just inability to even give the, back, give the boy a try. But I know there was injury problems. And then there was Cameron Harper. He's went to, you know, he's went to Pasha's June. He was meant to be the, the next best thing, but we never really got to see him. The only real one that's came through has been Keaton Tierney and Callum McGregor, and they became mainstays of the team. But, you know, Lennon sold Tierney, but he had to because it was it was a good price at the time, and some may even say that it was undervalued at £25 million to Arsenal, but it was, there isn't really an emphasis on youth development. He will look to bring in the players that he believes can get the, the success that he's deserve. Wow. Well, Kevin, thanks for your time, mate. Really appreciate it, honestly. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm glad you've you've come on to t- talk to us about Lennon. And, you know, I think it's eye-opening. Obviously, the, the announcement has been met with some excitement. People look at his achievements at Celtic, but there's always another side to the coin. But thank you again. And um, before I let you go, is there any is there any social media you'd like to promote? How people can follow you? Maybe Instagram? Yeah, Instagram, um, you know? well, it's just that at kmcolgan25. So just as my, my, as my name comes across, so kmcolgan25. Follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm one of the commentators for Celtic, uh, for the visually impaired. So I commentate along with Callum and Katie. Um, for the visually impaired Celtic part, so it's a great job I have. I, I really enjoy doing it for them, and uh, yeah, follow me there, um, and you'll be able to see what I think of things as they come along. But thanks for having me on, and hopefully I'll be on again soon. <laughs> Absolutely, mate, and uh, yeah, thank you to Callum for for setting this up because uh, you know he's the guy that put us in touch. I really appreciate. It. Cheers, Callum. Nice one. Well, well that's it, Gobelia. Wow, what are we gonna say? <laughs> Neil Lennon, yay or nay? Enxero, you know, as we say in Cyprus, gadishimas which basically means we're fucked. So until <laughs> next time, bum shilak. <laughs>